Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Hello and welcome to Drop Your Buffs podcast, where we talk about the strategy, social game, and stupidity of every episode of Survivor. I am one of your hosts, Dion Alexander, and unfortunately, we don't have Hannah with us this week. She is on vacation. So we went ahead and asked back our very special guest uh, host, I guess, from last week, Brendan <laughs> Smith. Hello, Brendan. How are you? Hello. I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me back. I'm super of excited course. to fill in. Good. Um, I'm glad yeah, that you can be, be here as well. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. I was excited to have you back because it seemed like last week you and Hannah were very much doing a bit of just like agreeing on everything. And I just thought... Kumbaya. <laughs> kumbaya, like the Decal tribe at Tribal Council, you were kumbayaing with one another. And I just thought, what better way to have this week then to have somebody in who I know just shares similar perspectives <laughs> as Hannah. If I can't challenge her, you a little bit, yeah. Ex- I mean, come on, everybody challenges me because I have an opinion that strays from a lot of people. But Always I'm very happy to have you. Um, <laughs> let me let me know how did you feel about uh, podcasting last week and being asked to podcast this week? Are you excited about this episode? Yeah, it was, uh, I was really, really excited when you guys asked me back. It was like the first thing that I etched in for my day to day, um, when I was making my schedule for the week. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm super excited to be here. I'm ready to talk about this episode. We got a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, and yeah I let's, see let's get into it. Your buff for this episode as well. I've got my buff. So is that the day Cal? Yes, sir. Wow. Yes. Oh my goodness. Like I mentioned last try or uh, last podcast, the call tribe may be the best tribe ever constructed. What? Maybe my opinion. Like even better I, than the villains on Heroes versus Villains. So, the thing is that the villains tribe is amazing, but these are all winners. How do you com- even compare? You know, like Selly <laughs> tribe and the Decal tribe are amazing in their own right. But I think I like the call a little bit more because more of them are going to be in the game later on, and it's just like I didn't feel right getting a buff. Of a tribe that's just getting creamed <laughs> at tribal after tribal. Well, I mean, we we see... Okay, let's not jump too far ahead. Yes, the Decal tribe has more people. We can assume that more of them are going to be in the game. By the end of this episode, we do see Decal go to tribal council, so they'll have one less person, but there's still more people moving forward after this episode. All right, so I did rapid-fire questions with you last week. So... I didn't do them this week. I figure let's just okay. get straight into the episode because there's a lot to talk about. And yes. so, okay. So last week we really kind of dissected Adam's game and we saw it come to a head at Tribal Council when every single person voted differently to Adam and he was left out of both of the plans in his tribe. So we see him at the start of this episode just trying to... Men fences, just <laughs> anything. like right. So like, so we see him come back from tribal, and uh, what well, he's he's talking about how he deserved every vote he got, and he hopes that people can trust him moving forward. Like, what what's your take on this? <laughs> so Adam is playing like a train wreck right now. <laughs> um, when, when you when you mess up in Survivor, golden rule: when you mess up in Survivor and you're trying to save face. Honesty is the best policy. Correct. All you have to do, I mean, Boston Rob did it best. Right after tribal, he said, good move. You got me. Sorry, Adam. I felt trapped. I threw your name out there. Yeah, it was really that's, interesting and that that's Boston it. Rob said he felt trapped. But, but you understand it. I mean, like, it's it, you can compare it almost to Parvati. Like, I'm not seeing a lot of Parv on my screen, and I know Parv's got a lot of good things to say. Right. But I'm not seeing her on my screen a lot because she's just so isolated. Nobody wants to work with her. Nobody wants right. to work with Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just become like such a tough position for them to move forward. Right. Um, but, you know, Boston Rob is really doing everything he can. He's throwing these little believable lies out there. He's, he's prying at the open points. And, yeah. uh, I mean, he's doing a good job of, of, you know, keeping the target off of himself so far. Absolutely. And it was really – we did see a nice moment – like right after tribal council where Boston Rob was sitting with Parvati and he's like, Adam came to me. He told me the whole plan. So this is not something that he actually told Parvati 
prior to tribal council, which I think we all assumed. I mean, we did see like her find out about the plan, but I think uh, when it came to like how the votes came out and all that kind of stuff, um, they just kind of had that sit down because yeah, um, now that I'm thinking about and it, she did know about the plan, but I think just stuff moving forward got a bit cloudy. I think that's a very veteran move on boss and Rob's part because mm-hmm. He's in the know on both sides. And while he knows I'm not going to end up on the right side of this vote tonight, Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to freak out the person going home or the person whose name is, you know, potentially going to come up poverty. He doesn't want to freak her out and, and, you know, get that paranoia scattered. So what he does is he just cools it off and he says, I'm just going to play this out. I'm going to try my best to flip it. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I think that's really what Adam wanted out of Boston Rob. The last episode, he wanted him to say, okay, I'll cut him. I'll cut her loose. But I don't think Boston Rob will ever verbally admit that to anybody else in the game. He's going to do it subtly like that. Right. But it's really interesting because even though Poverty and Boston Rob voted for Adam, they didn't actually vote for the person who left. And essentially, they weren't in on what actually happened. Yet they're the ones sitting there saying, sorry, Adam, that's just how it happens. Where these other people who Adam was working with also blindsided him, voting out someone different. And then... (laughs) Adam's the one going up to them and apologizing to them. So it's, it's kind of interesting how you've got these two people who are on the bottom coming to Adam and kind of apologizing to him, but then you've got Adam going up to the next tier of people and apologizing to them. So it's Is it really kind of, a blind side if it's justified? I mean, it's, uh, I mean, a blind side is a blind side. It's just what kind yeah. of blind side is it? No, you you're know? right. <laughs> and because the thing I is... one of the most boss moments of the entire episode was when Michelle is, is standing there talking to Adam and she goes, that's what happens when you tell the other Alliance what we're doing. Yes. You know, like giving him like a warning. <laughs> I know. And like, like and he, mother. Right, but the thing was, I just, I love that scene because she's sitting there with her arms crossed, just smiling and nodding. Cause she's just, she just was so like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen? And she's sitting there listening to him going, uh-huh. Yes. And it was more of that kind of situation where he's sitting there like, you know, I'm like, you know, pooping my pants right now or whatever. And she's just in there smiling at him. And I'm like, this is boss. This is such an awesome moment because then he, you see him talking to Jeremy and then you see him talking to this person and that person. Funnily enough, we didn't actually see any moments between him and Denise this episode, like none. And they're the pair that we saw formed on day one. So Denise has somehow now detached herself from this pairing mm-hmm. and in a way, she has almost taken her half of the threat level and and thrown that back onto Adam. <laughs> now it's now it's a right. whole target um, mm-hmm. and, on Adam. And Denise is just sort of you know filing into the pack. She's which, she's doing which is great. Wonderful because I thought that there would be some consequence to Adam knowing about her idol, and I thought that maybe she'd feel a little more obligated to stick tight so he doesn't you know run his mouth. You want to. I mean, I'm sure you know from being out there, you, you watch it on TV and you see that and you think, oh my gosh, why is he not outing that? But that's your lifeline when you're out there. That's, that's what yeah. you're thinking. You're thinking, this is my last string of hope. The, the fact that I know that Denise has this idol, I yeah. can you know, leverage that. Mm-hmm. You know, those sorts of relationships that you build over those secrets, those are the only things that keep you afloat sometimes, that, or at least that's what you're thinking. And I think that's why like, I hate to go back to Boston Rob, but man, he really does not care at all. He's just going to go full guns blazing, throw it all out there. Right. Um, and I well, he's like part of what he's learned just through four yes, times. And, five. and I think that I, my take on it is I see what your perspective from Adam being like, that's my lifeline. I get that. But as uh, being Denise, would you not have that fear that Adam would do a Boston Rob? No, I, I totally would. And, and you know, that's almost like, um, are they going to vote out Ben? Cause Ben knows about the idol, you know, sure. that was, that was in the conversation. Um, I think that's a, a fair move. I think it's a good move. I, I would get rid of somebody if they knew that I had an idol and then I was no longer with them. I want them yeah. out immediately. Right. Um, I don't know if you ever saw this or heard of this. I can't remember what season it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an Australian or it was some foreign version of survivor, but somebody gets voted out. They turn around and they say, this person's got an idol. They just walk out. They, yeah, they're Australian think, Survivor. 
I don't even think it was true, but he, but he did that. And so that's another one of my fears though, is what if you blindside this person and then in a, in a you know, rage at the end, they go, oh, okay, well, screw you too. Right. <laughs> you know, it's I just kind of like everybody does have the ability to walk away and leave a lasting impression on the game. And if that's to out somebody's game on the way out, or if that's to go out with your head held high and not influence the game for the rest of the people in it, like there, I, I feel like there is a debate that I've had internally. I don't know if this debate has happened out loud, but once you get voted out and all of your votes have been read, you know that you're leaving. Do you take that opportunity to ruin other people's games? Or is, are you out of the game? Is it not your responsibility anymore? Like, yeah. This is a dilemma that I've thought a lot about. I don't think you are per se out of the game until you're out of the vicinity. Game. And yeah, I mean, when you, when you are off the cameras, the other people, you know, you've walked down your path and you're gone. That's when it's yeah. over, yeah. Um, in my opinion. I feel like if you're getting your torch, you're leaving – you know, that's your, that's your, that's your, Look, your last call. Man. I, I agree. I think it would be a badass move if somebody just like stood there, turned to every single person left in the game and just outed every single one of their games. Like literally take your, take your time, do what you need to do. And like, I could <laughs> like, I'm, I, I don't want it to be like a bitter petty approach, but it's just kind of like, well, you guys didn't help me this out. This is how I feel. So this I'm is not going to help you out. things that I know. <laughs> yeah, no. These are the things that I know, and this is how I feel. Do as you please with that. I'll be sitting uh, over here. <laughs> I I would love to see that, and if it takes me getting onto the show to do that, I I kind of do get scared um, about the idea of the lasting impression outside of the game. Like, oh, uh, you went out really bitter and petty and all that kind of stuff. But you have to remember, like, this is a game, and this is part of the game. So well, let's just have fun with it, and let's see what we can do. Yeah, and let's cause chaos on the way out. Why not? I'm I'm all for it. I mean, chaos yeah. is the name of my game in particular. Um, <laughs> that was a, that was a big point when uh, when I was in the casting. I said like, chaos is the is the number one thing that I want to protrude. I want these people mm-hmm. to never know what's going on in my head. Right. Um, and so like, yeah, if if you got out there, if I got out there, that's definitely something that I would add to the bucket list. Oh my! Right. Well, let's just make that. it happen. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so we move over to the Decal tribe. It's the next morning. Um, Yule wakes up, congratulates everybody being there for 10 days. He, he makes this whole thing about how it's a quarter of the way through the game, um, which is really kind of crazy to think about because there's still 16 people in the game. We started with 20, there's 16 people, and you're a quarter of the way through the game. Um, and he's just, he's trying to build up the camaraderie of the tribe. He's going around hugging everybody, kissing everybody, which is really funny because you see Yule off by himself a lot of the times, but he is that social guy. He is that loving kind of teddy bear of a man. And um, I just thought it was really interesting because we, we haven't really seen people celebrate those small victories like that watching Survivor. Yeah, and it, and it is really cool, you know, especially for somebody like Yule who's been gone for so long. You know, yeah. just to see him take in this whole experience um, and to see him, like, having so much fun with it. Yep. Um, I haven't seen, like, every time Yule's on my screen, I'm smiling. You know, he's, yeah. he's been great content uh, this uh-huh. season so far. Um, so it's been, like, really amazing to see his run. Um, the mm. other thing that I think is great about Yule, and I'm not sure if this is the case, but this is just something that I, you know, sort of uh, read into maybe. Maybe I'm reading mm-hmm. into it a little too much. But <laughs> a lot of these winners um, – they they win the show and then they try and make a career out of it, you know. Sure. And and they try and and they try and be like the social media, um, like personality and all and all this you know jazz, um, <laughs> and it really like keeps them in this bubble. Um, yeah. Yule on the other hand wins the show. He goes on to be an extremely successful businessman. There was a mm-hmm. point where I, I think I mentioned this last podcast. He gets asked back, and he would have made more money in the time span of being on the show <laughs> and if he had won the next season that he got asked for. Yeah. Um, same, and so same you take, as me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you take like that grown up businessman mentality that's, you know, driven in the business world. And, you know, he's, he's at the top of his ladder in every single social setting. Right. And you throw him into the circle with these people that, you know, are a social media personality now and they right. you know since quit their jobs and they're, 
they're doing cameo videos and all, and all this stuff. Right. You know? And you put them together and I just feel like he has such a stronger grasp on, you know, social dynamic, especially he's not, I don't feel like he's nervous being around all these other winners. No. I feel like he's somebody who's like really reined in right now. Well, you can, you can argue the point that he, he I don't even know that he used his platform to really, really catapult himself. Cause I guess you're, you, you're saying that people use their platform to become more relevant in like social media and, you know, amongst fans. Yeah, like, I, okay. Like, like for example, like, I, and I really like this part, like I love Wendell. Uh, like when mm-hmm. I met Wendell, he was amazing, but Wendell, you know, is like a, is like a social media, like survivor winner. And then he does uh, his furniture business. But I mean, he's yeah. making a lot of money off of social media and like, right. he, I'm sure that like has to be, you know, part of his job. Um, and if you've, I mean, if you've ever like followed one of these people that like wins a reality show mm-hmm. and really dives deep into like being this personality, you start to like, start to understand like, it's really not that crazy or like not right. that cool. Um, I mean, it's obviously amazing, but right. <laughs> you know, I just mean like the after part. And so when you, for me, well, like, I guess see, the like, a- Yule, yeah, oh. the argument there between the two of them is Yule could turn down the opportunity to go back on the show because he had something else going on where yes. someone like Wendell had to jump at the opportunity because that's what he's got going on. Yes, and, you know, there's a lot more added pressure when you're like, this is my thing, you know? Like, right. I'm here because, like, this is, like, what my, you know, life has culminated and, like, mm-hmm. I'm the social media personality. I won the show. I can't go out first. You know, Yule walks in there like, I have a family now. This is going to be yeah. amazing adventure. You know, yeah. I, I have, he's got all his money in the bank already. He doesn't care, man. He's out there to have a great time. And I think it's really helping him. Well, speaking of Yule's family, he posted on Facebook the other day, um, a happy birthday message to Jonathan Penner. And it was attached uh, with a video from three years ago where Jonathan Penner is playing um, tag with uh, two, uh, Yule's two little girls. And it was <laughs> so cute. And it just goes to show the kind of person that Yule is. Like he'll go the extra mile just to kind of like, you know, you can write a happy birthday message or you can put up a video of a time that you really enjoyed with that person and just kind yeah. of like boost them up on a day that's about them. And I just think he's very... He's very well intended and he gets his point across really well. And we're seeing that a lot in the show. So it's kind of like um, life translating to Survivor. And I think- I'm so pleasantly surprised with how he's doing. (laughs) Right. So I think, you know, we see him um, do that, hug everybody. And that's going to be something that people feed off of as well, you know. And Mm -hmm. uh, the next next moment at the Decal Tribe that really stood out to me was Sophie uh, talking about- uh, the edge of extinction, where she was actually looking at the island and could see the people. Uh, on the, I didn't realize that they could see the edge of extinction. That that was the most eerie moment of the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, that you you could they. I don't know who said. It, I think it was Tyson. You could see somebody on the other side, and they didn't know who it was, but it was a silhouette just walking right. across. And the thing and, is, Sophie even compared it to prison. You know, she's like, I went on a school trip to a prison or she even arranged the trip. And she goes, it scared me like senseless. Like she's, she's comparing this to an experience that you would never, ever want to experience. But then we see the edge of extinction. Now, my whole thing is this episode was almost 50% edge of extinction. Like, right. And it was very, it's, it has to play a part in the, in the long game. There's no way it doesn't. But I will say this, I didn't hate it because the content that I was getting from The Edge of Extinction was so, it was so, uh, what's the word I'm looking, like palpable. It was, it was the, it was the best Edge of Extinction content that I've had. Um, It was something that I kind of looked at it and I went, I'm a little bored with the survivor side of this game right now. I'm really enjoying watching people knocked down and then being made to fight. You know, that's, that's the survivor that I grew to love when I was younger. Yes. It's like, let's, let's build ourselves back up. And they're, re, like, they're revisiting that mentality by allowing people to physically and mentally build themselves back up to the point that they have the opportunity to come back into a game. So I'm watching The Edge of Extinction. You know, Amber finds this box. Mind you, I'm loving Amber. Her, like, narrative is incredible. It's unreal. She's, she's had the most 
uh, like the biggest mental leap from mm-hmm. any of the winners, I think. And I, I think, you know, maybe being married to Boston Robs played a part in it. Um, but I'm, I'm sure it just has to do with being so much more independent in her game style um, yeah. this time. And, you know, it's, it's really working in her favor. Um, something, I mean, obviously on the edge, it's working in her favor, but yeah. um, <laughs> something that, I mean, it, it's, it's helping her on the edge for sure. But Absolutely. something that I did notice uh, when Amber found the, uh, the box was that the note said, open this together. Okay. And that was something that we discussed last week because right. um, we said we would open it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we know that they don't have the option to do that and they have to open these things together. Oh, at least last week they episode. had the opportunity to, but this week they don't have the opportunity. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you something. Sure. What are your thoughts on the edge challenge? Because it was great that they had to push themselves and it's, it's a physical and mental stressor. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all, it's all a decision. It's all whether you want to do it or not. Right. But do you think it was kind of cruel? Um, my, huh. there, there was an element of cruelty based on the physical demand that was put on them when they're already at their lowest of lows. But for me, that's when you find out what you're made of. And that's the stuff that I love. <laughs> like I love playing from the bottom and every single one of them is on the bottom because they're out of the game. Like the game that is in play right now they're out of it they're sitting on the bench they're waiting to get tagged back in and so what do you do in the meantime do you just sit there you know picking your teeth or do you keep yourself motivated do you you know sit there doing reps I don't know do you if you're uh, in a play and you're gonna go up for a role are you reading your lines like you're keeping yourself engaged and I mean everybody said it everybody said that Natalie is a monster you know, she just kind of charged forward. But it's I feel like each one of them really is, is fitting a different role right now when it comes to the Edge of Extinction. Like, you've got Amber, who's the storyteller. You've got Natalie, who is the person who's putting, you know, her money where her mouth is and making it happen. You know, Danny's this person who is kind of coming in with these, like, quips of, like, she, she's kind of... At odds I don't know where it. she is. Right. She, I, because she did she's it. Very, she's very, uh, she doesn't seem mentally in it though. Um, right, I, 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 did, I, did, I did like her strategy because I mean, I did think it was funny. Natalie comes in, she's crying in the, in the ocean. Yeah. Amber comes in, she's exhausted, she's crying. Danny comes in like Rocky. Woo! You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just finished the marathon. Uh, and, that- and it is it is crazy actually. I don't know what scene it was. She was walking up. She, her body is like so Just, made for that. It's, it's chiseled. Unreal. It's unreal. And, and that's the thing. Like you said, like she came in like doing that. I'm like, she's clearly someone who has done like being an athlete in the past. Like whether she's not currently an athlete. She did that 11 mile Guatemala. <laughs> she did. You know, like this woman is clearly, you know, she's a mother. She's one of the, I guess the, the older women participating in the season and she's ripped. Like it, it doesn't like, it just goes to show that if you take care of yourself, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're going to be capable of doing certain things. Now the person who it's not a matter of age, but it's what they've gone through. It was Ethan, Ethan who struggled. And I have to say, Hannah, you were right. <laughs> it was Ethan that we saw getting, you know, visited by a medical when he had a moment of just, I don't know if, it, if he fainted or if he just was just shot. You know, he just needed to take a break and medical felt the need to step in. Yeah, and I mean, that that's sort of where I thought, you know, is this kind of cruel? That was my, that was my moment because I, I figured, you know, yeah, you can get him a fire token, but if you're going to kill him to get it back into the game, you know, what, what's it matter? Um, right. But nobody's forcing them to do this. No, I know. And, and that's really the beauty. That's where, that's where the, that's where the great entertainment comes from. It's because you want right. to see Dub get to the freaking top of that mountain, no matter what it takes. Right. And that's what he said. He said, I'll go until my legs literally collapse. Mm. Um, and how poetic is it? that all of them go up together for the last leg. I loved that so much awesome, because right? like even, and like Amber was getting emotional talking about it, which I loved. <laughs> like literally her narrative about, you know, she'll be like, we're all a family, but I went off by myself. We're all a family. We all went up with him. Like it's so like, I think that everybody thinks 
about how they would be in the game and what one mentality they're going to have the whole time. That's just not how it goes. It's a constant wave of emotions. Right. So you're and you gotta you gotta change. constantly be processing them while mm-hmm. trying to keep the same straight face, and it's really it's, it's a really difficult, tricky task. Yeah, um, and like a little shout this... out to Hannah, not to interrupt you, but I do want to mention the music was amazing yes. on the edge. The music was like it was like electronic. It, my heart was thumping. Yeah, it was like almost electronic. It was awesome. The the, the kick, the shred. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah, it, it wasn't just the regular tribal music that we're used to because this isn't Survivor, and that's I think, like I said earlier, like this segment of Edge of Extinction, like this was the show that I wanted to watch, and I feel like they really are separating it. It's it's becoming a little more um, amazing race. It's becoming a little more like the challenge. Like it's more you know, it pumps you up. It makes you think like, like even like Ninja Warrior. Like you want these people to kind of like fight through. It's like like, I guess another thing is like fear factor. Like it's, you really are pushing these people oh, to their <laughs> limits. And that, it, it got me pumped up. It got me really worked up. And I like, I guess a question for you is in that order of four, like, where do you think you would have finished? Because we oh, both know man. that you had your medical issues in your season. I, I would have finished probably last and I would have probably tried to finish last. Okay. Um, I, I just because it's it's not like a it's if it's not a competitive thing then why does it matter? Um, sure. But that's actually something that I want to bring up is, do you think that the edge tokens should be more com- competitive, like competition based? Because we have yet okay. to see really one that is you guys are fighting for this fire token, and that's that's what I want to see. I want to see these guys. You know, it's it's hard to watch them working together when there's really mm-hmm. no end goal for them as a group right um, in, in terms of it being a, as right individuals it could get a little more entertaining um but I mean, regardless could, I, I still do i thought that was an extremely entertaining segment and i i don't know where they came up with that i've never done anything like that right it was so foreign to what we've seen in survivor before and i think that's why i loved it because it wasn't so foreign that it was like this isn't survivor it was pushing people to really thrive in a tough environment. And I actually think it brought Survivor back to its like original element because we see it complicated with all these advantages and hidden idols and all that kind of stuff that we're really missing the struggle of existing out there in the middle of nowhere. But in terms of the competition element, I guess you could argue that the last time that they were on the edge, that was more competitive because only one person was going to get it. And if they were all up there at the same time, only one person was going to get it, but they never found out. So we could have got that in the last episode, but it just didn't come to fruition. Um, But I did want to see, I guess, you know, the edge is kind of offering us the tasks that uh, Island of Idols offered us last time, you know, in the sense that it's, you know, do you do it? Will you do it? Do they make it? Like the, in the challenge in itself, but you're pitting people against each other. And I think that's incredible. However, this time they were pitted against themselves, which is kind of awesome at the same time. Yeah. And and I think that's really in essence what drives the edge, you know, like they're going to have to find whatever they have left to push themselves to possibly get back in this game. And that's the scariest part when you're out there is you're on your 10th log, like Ethan said, and you have all the self-doubt and you're in the moment and you're thinking, I need 10 more of these for this one fire token that might not even guarantee me anything. Well, Danny even said, she's like, I want to compare this to childbirth, but at the end of childbirth, you get a baby. At the end of this, you get a fire token. (laughs) You know, so I guess that was, that was her take on it, which is like, is it even worth it? Well, I've got nothing else to do. So I might as well torture myself. Got nothing else to do. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So we ended up back in the Sally tribe and um, it was a really nice moment to see Rob and Michelle talking because I think Michelle's getting a really good edit now. So we didn't really see much of her in like the first or second episode, but in the last couple of episodes, she's really standing out as a strategist. Decision maker. Right. That on that tribe, she's definitely calling a lot of the shots. She started on the bottom of her tribe, ended up in the middle, and now she's essentially calling the shots. So it's kind of incredible, especially when she's getting reassurance from Boston Rob, and he's just saying to her, the first time you watched me play the game, you were nine years old. 
the last time you watched me play the game, you were 19. Here you are at 29 and you're playing the game with me. And you're essentially in a better position than I am. And I think the fact that they're, you know, adding the controversial, you know, the moment where she's talking about her controversy with her win, I think that's a really positive light. And I think that's sort of survivor saying, hey, you know, lay off. Michelle's a winner in her own regard, in her own right, you know? But it's Um, not even just the show that's saying that. Like, Boston Rob is saying that. Like, Boston Rob is allowing her to... But they all know that already. There's so many people that don't understand how powerful a social game is. Boston Rob obviously gets that. I mean, when you're... He doesn't have to do that. That moment is... Yeah, no, I'm obviously not. But I mean, for him, it might not be the worst idea. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe this is part of his social game. You we'll know? see. I mean, I feel like Boston Rob is never not in the dynamic. Like, I feel like he's never not paying attention to what he's saying when he's out right. there, at least. Um, but when we see Michelle and Jeremy talking mm-hmm. to Boston Rob, about this Adam scenario, they're so quick to believe him right away. And it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch because <laughs> we all know that people have the ability to lie and they do and they do it every time. And he says to Adam's face, like straight to his face, well, we're going to lie about it. You know, whether you that's, decide that's to talk to us part. or not, we're going to do it. And then Rob's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to lie a bit. So it's, it's, yeah. And it's, it's, it's all, and that's what I mean by when Boston Rob owns his game and he's verbally honest playing from the bottom, he has nothing to lose. He's saying, okay, well, I'm going to lie about you. That's the most bold, badass move you can pull in Survivor. Especially I mean, when Adam, how- Adam goes to the rest of them and says, Boston Rob told me that he's going to lie to you guys. Oh, he did? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> oh, good. It, well, it just, I mean, Boston Rob, that's a total one up. And well, this is the thing. It's it's coming from Adam, who apparently now is the hardest worker in camp, which is one of the most funny, like it, the funniest turn of events, considering everybody's noticing it. Which means he wasn't doing that beforehand. And it's like ah, it's it, and I think somebody Jeremy compared it to his kids. And I'm like, this is such a kid tactic. This is uh oh, I've done wrong. Let's like please them. Let's like sugarcoat things. And maybe they'll forget. Yep. I'm like, you're a oh, man, Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was bad. Uh, and I mean, not even mentioning the challenge. I don't know why he was in that position. Um, I, it's, a, it's a cool okay. story that he was able to jump off and overcome. But why was he on, why was he right. on there? I had this discussion with my sister. So she was like, why? And I, I looked at the split and what each tribe did. You know, obviously the Daycal tribe had a lot of taller people involved. I think they had Nick in the boat, they had Kim in the boat, and they had Sophie in the boat. To be fair, Sophie and Kim are probably two of the lightest people in the tribe, where the Sele tribe went for their lighter members. Okay, so they had um, they had Adam, Denise, and Parvati, which are essentially probably the tribe members weighing in the least. So they were thinking, we're going to swim out there, they're going to just jump and get it, not realizing the height that's necessary in getting those things. So I think one tribe just went with height and the other tribe went with weight in the boat. And I think it worked against them. But I think that there was a never ended up mattering. <laughs> never no, ended up mattering. That's insane. We've never so seen anything weird. like I, this. I, I mean, that like Tyson said, oh, Tyson. Like Tyson <laughs> said, everybody pats the puzzle maker on the back and says it's okay. But in your head, you know, it's, it's not, not okay. okay. Nope. <laughs> You messed the puzzle up. And, you know, that okay. does, it's, it's a, I, I'm shocked it didn't come more into play because that's okay, a bad so mess up. It was a bad mess up, but can we also flip that and say that there was a bad mess up when it comes to the puzzle then? Because if it takes you that long to get through a puzzle slash you didn't even get through the puzzle, what is your thoughts on Sarah and Nick doing the puzzle? Like Nick has done this puzzle before and he won it. I know it's it's just awful. Like I, I'm not somebody who you know. Like usually, there's like the the obvious vote, and then there's like who if it's not the obvious vote, and then like there's a few people that are like, all right, we're gonna really pull a one up, and we're gonna go to the third person, you uh-huh. know. But 
Man, I, when it's that bad, I mean, it might just be time to say, like, look, man, you got to go. Like, you're number I one. Mean, and my, you got to go because that's bad. That's really it was bad, bad. But Boston Rob did the same thing two episodes ago. Last episode, he actually caught up but still wasn't able to get them to the win. This time he smashed it. But it's like yeah. if he had gone home two episodes ago, it would be a different game. And what I would love yeah. to also mention is, sorry, just to quickly um, get uh, Hannah's opinion in. Hannah made the point that every single person who's ended up on the edge of extinction was a casualty of Rob's game because in some way they're attached to him and he's being made out to be this big threat. So is it kind I'm of like... That. <laughs> well, I mean, even that was associated with Jeremy... But it was, I, I guess, in the longest way, you can find a way for her to be associated with him, but she really wasn't. Um, yeah. However, the rest of them are, you know? Yeah. So it's like, is 100%. he not only, like, ruining his own game, but everybody else's in the process? I, I just think that's the unavoidable target that Boston Rob wears, you know? He's just who he is. Like, there's just no... He had a statue built to him, like he said. Right. But then get rid of him. Let everybody else play the game. And that's, you know, man, it's so weird. That's how I feel about it because let's, let's take like Ben, for example, okay? Yeah. He took like, he was Mr. Paranoia. You know, he's right. talking about everybody's paranoid, but I'm not paranoid and wait, but yes, I am paranoid. He's talking all sorts of crazy stuff at tribal. And then mm-hmm. now he finds himself sitting pretty in the middle of his tribe. Right. You know, it's- And, and there's no know, talk about him this episode. Nothing. No talk about him. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, he's talking about Rob and Parvati and he's saying, you give them a little rope and they're going to hang you. You know, yes. why not just get rid of them? Why not just get rid of them if that's how you feel? I just, I know some things that I, I'm not understanding. I know there are shields that uh, people will want to wear, like Boston Rob is a great shield, but uh-huh. that's the fine line that you're riding. You know, if you give them a little bit too much, they might uh-huh. take off and run, you know? Okay, so my whole thing is, why keep them around if they are so dangerous, if they get to emerge or work with somebody on the other side, when you know or at least assume there's going to be a swap coming? It's like... Do you um, remember, do you remember um, Malcolm's game changer strategy where he said, I'm going to duck in the corner and let everybody swing and brawl it out and then at the very end, I'm going to pop out and I'm going to be at the end, you know? Yeah. I think that's what most of these people are trying to pull up on each other, but with people that are associated with Rob, like you said, and, and it's trying to go with, and it's trying to uh, streamline in any possible connection to Rob. It's a poker alliance. Right. We've seen it with Amber, you know, mm-hmm. just being a casualty. Um, yep. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's become a trend now. So right. is this just going to keep continuing? Like who is most related to Rob until yeah. Rob is finally gone? And then who? You know, uh, my whole thing is, yes, I understand that he's going to be a bigger target than you, but if you're actually worried about him doing all the things that you say he's capable of doing, why keep him in the game? I feel like it's a double-edged sword. It's kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But the best option, I think the best option is to get rid of him so you can actually play the game rather than playing his game. I agree. I agree. I, I do agree, and I love Boston, Rob. But for the sake of breaking open the mold of the season so far, mm-hmm. um, Boston Rob leaving could be good. Now, the question is, how does Boston Rob fare if he ends up on the right side of the numbers in his swap tribe? Uh, I, and this is the thing. I think that's the problem. I think they, they do his old. In the face. Do you think they tur- Do you think that the other people would turn on Rob, or do you think that now they band together and they move forward because they have to? Because they're already I don't know that they can band together. I don't think he's voted for the right. He voted for Natalie, and then every single other person. No, he voted for Danny. I'm trying to figure out if he's even been in on the votes. It's you a. Know? Sa- it's been a save face vote. I'm pretty sure. Right. All right. Well, let's but, let's get more into like the Decal tribe because obviously they're the tribe that we see go to tribal council. They lose the uh, challenge. Um, poverty very politely refers to the uh, sit-out bench is Sandra's sit-out bench. Um, and they have a fun little moment. Sandra's not offended. And Poverty's like, see, she likes it. Um, we have to remember those two sat at the very end together in Heroes versus Villains. They've got history. 
So I'm interested to see what happens if they end up on the same tribe. I am too. And I, I think I know what's going to happen. I think there's going to be a lot of smiles and a lot of talking behind each other's backs. Cause I know both of them want each other out more than anybody else in the game. Poverty and Sandra. Oh yeah. Poverty. Poverty wants Sandra out a hundred percent. She wow. she wants nothing more than to vote Sandra out. Interesting. Because she took the win away from the, yeah. the two time win away. She, but do you go in, 100%. do you go in with a vengeance just to like get that? in the risk that you'll be the next person to go? Or do you use that person to help you get to the end again and then say, I got her here again. Give me the win this time. That's, oh, that'd be, that's a very interesting take. I don't know if she would want to take that risk again. Um, Get rid of her at like four or five. (laughs) That's the thing about Sandra's. I do think realistically she will ever be able to even make it to the end because she can't win an immunity. Well, that's, I honestly think that she has the ability to get to the end if the people getting to getting her to the end think that they've got a stronger game than her. I think okay. it's so she'd possible. have to get carried. She, you don't, you don't Correct. think that she can win again? No, I just just based off of her being too threatening and just watching her strategy this episode wasn't that smart. Like. It's it was she's a, so strong headed she can't she can't consider her options. Right. And I actually thought about it because she was saying, you know, I don't play emotionally and I have to like take myself out of the game. But then we essentially saw the move happen that went against well, that followed her emotional gameplay. Exactly. And it's it's almost like uh it's it's just like, you know, you can go up to anybody and tell them, hey, you know, this person was throwing your name around. And if it was that easy to get, you know, votes on that person, shit, I would have won. Uh, right. You know, so. Well, well, this was the, this is how it played out. We had Tyson go to Sarah and say, let's take out Nick. And Sarah's like, okay, cool. Mind you, earlier in the episode, we saw Sarah and Tyson getting along very well. They were totally broing out and like really just like one-upping each other. They've got like this kind of humorous, like, banter going on it's very fun and you know how important out there it is to have somebody that you get along with like it really yes. helps with camp life and just you know dealing with it no it distractions you know you have no distractions you know yeah. you're just out there with each other and what do you get what do you do other than talk you know so you have to <laughs> constantly be dealing with these people right. whether they're annoying you know it's just and to be you, fair think, ty- think about this like what? Yeah, I was gonna say Tyson's pretty think hilarious with his quips. Yeah, but always, always. Yeah. <laughs> but think about this, man. Like just being out there, you don't like the way someone chews. Right. You have it's the to littlest things constantly, and you're so on edge because you haven't slept, you haven't eaten, uh-huh. and all you want to do is is talk to somebody about how much it bothers you, and you look around and you realize. Oh wait! I can't say anything because I don't know any of these people. No, nope. uh, and they're so, going to use it against me. They're going to say gonna that I'm use really it picky. Against mm-hmm. Exactly, and so it is super nice when you find somebody that you can sort of bro down with and just you know, oh man, you know this person is bothering me so much. But you know, it's it's nice to have a wall that you can bounce ideas off of, or you know, just sort of vent to. Um, that's yeah. essential in Survivor, hundred percent. You I'm, need that emotional outlet somewhere. Right. Even just the scene of Sarah asking Tyson how many coconut kills he can do. And he's like, uh, yeah, infinite. infinite. (laughs) (laughs) Like these are the, like, I, I haven't, I haven't really appreciated this side of Tyson in his past seasons. My my favorite Tyson, my favorite Tyson moment of all time is the moment. And this, this sort of just goes back to what we were just talking about is when Coach is, like, coming up to Tyson. He's like, why do they think I'm a villain, man? Why, why, do they, why do they not like me, man? I thought I was a hero, man. He's like, listen, Coach, stop wearing feathers in your ears at Tribal. You know? <laughs> he's, he's laying the smack down on him. Like, that's, like, the best Tyson that you could ask for. But so for such a seasoned veteran, I was so surprised at how uh, – I mean, his angle for Tribal was not that – it wasn't that impressive. It, you know, it, he it was, didn't have it was a solid basic. Yeah. No, and he not said it himself all. when he walked out. What did he say? He said, um, well, obviously he said too easy. I should have seen it coming. You know, yeah. 
Yep. He was like, it's too easy. You should have seen it coming. He went on to get voted out. And then he, uh, what did he say? He's, um, when he was asked to give up his fire token, he said, I'd rather just swallow it. And yeah. then, <laughs> which I thought was, all right, great Tyson fashion. And then there was the last thing he said when he put the token in Nick's little box, he said, there's a fire token from your hero, Nick, which can That's kind of cool. be seen as like a nice moment. And then I thought about it and I was like, was it a nice moment? Like, I didn't want to read no, into it. it. I, th- I think it was. I think it was. Tyson's not, uh, he's not a spiteful person. Tyson, well, he, I think I think that was just him saying, you know, good job, man. You got me. Right. Well, okay. So then my question is this, because Tyson could assume that the vote for Kim came from Nick because it wasn't Kim voting for herself. And you would think that Tyson might give the coin to Kim, but Kim voted him out. So I'm like, maybe he's like, well, screw the rest of y'all. I'm going to give it to the guy who actually didn't write my name down. Whether he wanted me out or not, he didn't. And he played a pretty good hand because he was trying to better his odds if I had an idol. Like, I think you can look at the way that the votes were read out and realize that's what the play was, you know? That's an interesting take. I I didn't think about it, but I'm not sure if he knew who voted for who. Um, Maybe they do know each other's handwriting or something i I don't know if it's handwriting but like but it's it's more if i think it's just that kind of breakdown that if you know that your name's coming up which nick probably did you vote for somebody else in the case that an idol gets played so you're not automatically sent home with one vote um and it's like by the time that so you think you think tyson assumed that scenario and then said you didn't vote for me so here you go i think that's a part of it and i also think i'm just why wouldn't he have given it to somebody on the other tribe? You know, this is also the yeah. very first coin that has ended up in the hands of a Decal tribe member. Wow. Yeah, very they all went to the Salé tribe. So, huh. yeah, so this is yeah. interesting. Um, that is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I like, okay, so we, we, so we see Tyson's relationship what I, I wanted to mention before is, you know, Ty, Tyson went to Sarah, Sarah went to Tony, and then Sarah went to Kim, and then Tony went to Sandra. So, like, they got Kim involved in it as well, which is kind of like, it's really interesting that Kim's involved now because there is still this question about the Kim and Sophie relationship. Why did Kim go to Sophie? I don't understand. They're not even working I don't get it. Three rounds later. I don't get it. It's weird. I, I think it, it must have been an excited in the moment sort of right. you know, decision. Um, she found it. She, she felt like she had to you know, get it to somebody soon. I mean, it did say before sundown. Yes. Um, so it is kind of a tough decision. Um, but a lot of that things really that help. need to be done before sundown this, this season. It's like, get that <laughs> stuff done. We don't want to be waiting. <laughs> oh, man. So Sophie is playing an extremely socially attentive game at the moment um i mean so social that she got forgotten by tyson when he was reeling out names yeah but i mean for for what it's worth that was a great confessional but tyson is he was on the bottom and but i think i think that's under the rate i was gonna say i think that under the radar game is sophie's mo you know that's I agree. That's what she does. And she's playing really, really solid right now. She's not making any waves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I see her going like deep merge. <sighs> Me too. And the thing is, I think that she, considering, all right, we know that there's going to be a tribe swap next episode. So this is really going to change the dynamics of the game. And we know that Michelle and Wendell end up together. Okay. This is the thing. I think a lot of people are like, who is it? I'm like, well, look. The only person that it really could be is Wendell. And they both live on the same coast. They t- attend a lot of the same events. So we've seen them in pictures together, things like that. Um, so if you don't already know, you can kind of assume. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it was a great little confessional for her to be like, what did she say? She it goes, is. oh, my God, how the heck did I get stuck stranded on an island with my ex-boyfriend? Like, and just laughs to herself. I'm like, that's hilarious. Because usually that people is. falling in love, not people having to deal with their ex. Right? It's so weird. And can it's we so just weird. note that it's 15 people, which I think means three tribes. So 
If that's the uh, case, it's so scary. Or they're going to that do means Michelle and Wendell are two going to make one person do something. I mean, that's something as well. Maybe I, I look. I have a hard time thinking of that because they love going from two tribes to three tribes now. It's they happened do. literally in like every season we've just watched. Um, I don't think it happened last season. I think last season was the first time it didn't happen. They just switched into two tribes. Um, and but all the seasons before that, it was three. Um, even second chances, we saw it go down to three after they started off with two. So I think that it's, there's a good chance it's going to end up with three. If that's the case, it's going to be five people in each tribe, which means in the tribe of Michelle and Wendell, that's two people that are connected with three other people. So, Do you think they'll work together? I feel like they probably will. Of course. I mean, it's a game. This is like, you know, you're not going to say, yeah, sorry, I can't but, work but with you. Is... We dated once and like, I'm no, going to, you know what? No, I'd rather no, get voted I mean, you don't, you don't know how, I, I don't know how it ended. I'm sure it, maybe it's public knowledge or whatever, but. I just think she laughed about it the way she did that it just kind of seems like maybe I mean, they've been existing out there together this whole time and she hasn't already had a mental breakdown because her ex is on the other side. You know, it's not something we've seen. It's not something that's even been mentioned. So I'm I'm interested. We're going to see. We're going to see. The next time on Survivors are always misleading. So maybe it won't play anything or maybe it'll play a much bigger role than we're thinking. Well, if it is the breakdown that I think it is where it turns into three tribes, we have to remember that Sally has what, seven tribe members and Decal has eight tribe members. So we even have the risk of one tribe ending up with four Decal, one Sele, and then the other two tribes having two Decal members and three Sele members. So there's still a chance for Sele to kind of come back. Work, work the these odds, yeah. Because that would put them in the majority of two of the tribes. Yes, Decal has one or one of the decal decal whatever you want to call it one of the tribes could completely be five decal tribe members and then they have to kick out one of their own so perfect (laughs) i want to keep these tribe divisions these numbers as equal as possible um Uh up until the merge but i also kind of am hoping that they don't really care and that they just go balls to the walls and that there's I, it's like second chance where by the merge i'm like i don't know who's working with who you know yeah i want to see denise buddy up with sophie and yule so badly it hurts <laughs> um and i think that she could i don't think she'd go to work with sandra um there is um talk that Sarah and Denise have a pre-existing relationship prior to the game because they live in the same town and they're both winners. So there's a chance that maybe they could connect. So Quick side note, I think Sarah had probably her best character-driven moments in all of Survivor this episode. Right. She's definitely... I think just generally with like the bicep curls like you were talking about. Yeah. Her talking about how much fun she's having this time. Um, I mean, last just, episode, she awesome. had that moment with Tony. So I think she's getting a lot of really redeeming um, stuff because, I mean, this, the season that she won, she came off as pretty, like, strategy, strategy, hard-ass kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's somebody you could just kind of kick it with, you know, and be like, mm-hmm. how far do you think I could throw this rock? I don't think you could throw <laughs> that far. You know, and that's what you do out yeah. there. You, can't, you test each other. 100%. Just in the small things. And I think she's, uh, she's actually proving to be somebody that's quite delightful to be living with. And you even saw her be a little bit delightful at Tribal Council, like with Kim, with the whole like starstruck. Oh, that's what, we haven't mentioned the whole starstruck moment. Yep. And, where, and that moment with Sandra, where Sandra's like, well, you know, you, you, t- you know, you dethroned me, you kicked me out. And uh, right. Sarah's talking about, yeah, that one's hanging up in my living room. That's exactly. A fun moment, you know? And that's the thing. They're all kind of like friends hanging out there. And I think Tony set up the tribal council by saying, I know that you don't believe anything that we say. On a personal level, we really like each other, but this is a game. And I think that was actually really articulate from Tony. You know, this is a guy that can give, get given a, a hard time for being a bit of a meathead, but he kind of like drove it home in that one statement. I know, man. It was almost like it's poetic. It's like he's speaking llama. You know, he was awesome. So, oh gosh! <laughs> to see, no, I'm kidding. But to see, to see him go from this bald maniac sprinting through the jungle to now this yeah. this composed winner driving, you know, the inner seams of this tribe. 
It's yeah. very, very cool. And All it's right. awesome to see him throw out the game changer stuff because that was weird. Right. Okay. So okay. So we've we've pretty much established now at this point of the game that old games don't really play a role in this season of the game. And that's being really nice. Unless to it's a see. poker match. I mean, that's definitely something that you'll that will probably does. use in the next <laughs> the next uh, episode. I think that we're going to have a lot of like, I mean, Adam's got new life. Um, Boston Rob and Poverty have new life. Um, Kim has new life. But the, is the idol going to end up in the same camp? You know, I mean, we're we're gonna have to see. We're gonna have to see. All right. Well, I'm look. I'm excited. I think that a lot of juicy stuff happened this episode. Um, we don't know that the Edge of Extinction is gonna wait until merge. I assume it will, but the, there's potential for something to happen next episode. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm thinking that this is probably the most intricate game of Survivor that we've ever seen. As much as it's it, not there, chaotic. There's so many, there's so many moving elements from, yeah. you know, uh, Adam mentioned this a lot in his uh, ET Canada interview right before he got thrown into the game. Uh-huh. He talked about how this Winners at War season has really been being played for 20 years. Um, yeah. Because all of these people, you know, that have won the early seasons and are, you know, watching it go, Season 14, season 15, season 16, yeah. season 7. They're watching yeah. it go and go and go and go. And they're thinking, oh, crap. They're going to throw me in the gauntlet at some point. I need right. to start making friends with all these winners. I need to start knowing these people. And Adam said, to a degree, that is an extraordinarily important element out there. He said, look at Sandra. She's the queen. She's the first person to greet everybody to the winner's circle. And right. that's that's no fault of her own because she's been gaming for this for mm. years. She's got so many friends out there. Well, does and, that I mean, mean that does that mean that Nick has been has gone in with the the biggest disadvantage? Or and that's does it that's mean, why I felt bad for Nick in the episode because he was talking about how you know Tyson is his idol and Tyson's right. coming after him and it really upsets him and that all upset me in a way because he hasn't had enough time off to not mm-hmm. be starstruck like they were talking about. But also at the same time, Nick has had the most experience with the game to this point. You know, he's the person who was able to win the game when the game was as far advanced as it was at the time that he played. So does that mean that he is the most deserving winner out of them based off of where the game's at today? Oh, man. Well, it's, it's just so tough because every game of Survivor is always different and it's mm-hmm. really, it really comes down to how adaptable are you in a, in a given scenario? Um, how, how good are you going to respond when something that you've never dealt with is thrown at you? And so I think it's highly situational. I think there's tons of luck involved. Obviously, there's more skill, but there is an element of luck involved um, when you're going to win a game like this. Nick, I think, does have a very, very fresh head just coming off of his season. Um, uh-huh. I think so does Wendell and and Ben to a degree. Um, and I think that they have a better understanding of the end game element because yeah. now with this new fire twist and, and the advantages, right. mm-hmm. um, specifically the time bomb advantages, these are newer advantages that we haven't right. been seeing in the past. You know, yep. the, the tribal or the, the idol you get for three tribals or the extra vote you got to use in however yeah. many days. I mean, you know, Sandra still we, has that idol for one tribal coming up. So One more tribal. Right. Well, I mean, this, th- this season is, like I said, the most intricate, and it's the most, like, there's so many levels to it. There's so many elements to it. You really have to keep an eye on everything. And I just don't think it's as simple as being good at one thing. Like, it, it's, it's just... You can't even figure out steps ahead because you don't know who's going to be in the game by that last round. There's there's no correct angle at any given time no. when you're looking at all these winners because there's a reason to get rid of everybody. Yeah, Everybody out there has a reason to leave. And okay. so it's it's just the politicking of seeing who has the bigger reason at that time. All right, so next week, where we have no idea what the tribe divide is, if it's two tribes, three tribes, who's on what tribes, who do you think's going home? Oh, 
Man, that's a tough one. Well, um, to the edge of extinction. I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Ben. Interesting. Because Ben Ben is a Ben is a more physical guy. Uh-huh. He's on a he's on a minority tribe right now. Right. Um if he gets swapped, I could see him being in a lot of trouble. Um if I mean if he gets swapped in the minority. I think he, we could see him in a lot of trouble. I think the other tribe would possibly take a shot. I also don't see Ben being the most strategic player from the bottom. Uh-huh. <laughs> As, yeah. I mean, the season but he kinda, could be in the numbers, you know? We, yeah, I mean, so, but that's with no, no, nothing to go off of. That's my guess. Right. I'd, I'd say. No, that's fair. What about you? I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know, for some reason, my gut's telling me, Kim, I'm not shaking this whole idol thing. It's it's just sticking with me, and I don't know why I can't let it go. It's gonna it's gonna bite her in the ass. It will. And I just, just gotta wait until it does. <laughs> I just think that what I saw her do was like you know when you're in high school and you want to impress the cool kid, so you like buy them like something like from for, like the canteen, like or a, a what would you call the cafeteria or something like you like oh I've got an extra sure. chocolate. Do you want it? You know, like sure. it just seems a little bit needy <laughs> so i just i don't yeah. see her playing a smart game as much as she's trying to impress people and when you do that you put yourself out and so i just especially when you have an idol you you have to you have to uh approach that situation in control yeah you can't approach it like what are we gonna do like you have to be you have to be the one directing that i know and uh, well, I, don't, okay. I don't think she did well do you have a drop uh drop your buffs moment for this episode I do. I've been waiting to talk about it. So <laughs> yeah. with, with all with all of the, uh, you know, like the hardship this episode would be. We saw the edge. Uh-huh. We saw everything they had to go through. We see these these emotional moments with Adam. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like there were there were parts of this episode that were like kind of hard to watch, and then we get to the very last few seconds of the entire program. Okay. And it's Tyson walking up to the edge. <laughs> and he goes, yes. whoa, that's a lot of firewood. And they all go, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. And they're like, no. And he, like, genuinely was like, why is everybody yelling at me right now? <laughs> so and, it, and it makes so much sense because when they bring it down, you're like, oh, that sucks. I just got this fire token. But when you're done chilling, you're like, damn, we're so good on wood. Like, we don't got to get wood forever. <laughs> yeah. So look, that, I, I don't. I know it wasn't a part of the actual episode, but that no. moment after all the dr- the drama and uh, uh-huh. you know all the all the hardship, just to see like Tyson filling his role as like this comedic relief, this funny guy, and he just waltzes in with no clue. It was well, it was awesome to me. That was a great before, cap to the episode. In the, in the lead up to that wonderful quote, he also said the ex- um, he goes the edge of extinction does take a bit of the sting out of it, out of getting voted out. And he just said, I assume it's going to be living on, um, living the Aloha lifestyle 24-7, pina coladas perhaps. So he, perhaps. He's, he definitely had a good humor about him on his way out, which I can definitely appreciate. Um, and it definitely, I, I feel like I've got um, redemption when it comes to Tyson. I think he had a similar story to like that of Coach. I feel like Coach got redemption in Heroes versus Villains. And then even in his last season, he got more redemption where he went from this crazy guy to this more lovable like father figure that you're just like ah it's just dad jokes you know yeah. he's not he's not crazy um, just coach. But, right and um but for my drop your buffs moment and this kind of like completely switches the the vibe right now i was terrified about that challenge with the jumping and the part that terrified me is what happened to adam because i thought it would happen and then happened which is they were like above them. And if you jump up, you're going to come back down to the plank if you don't jump out. So when his one foot got caught on it and then he flips sideways and almost lands on Boston Rob, that was my drop your buff moment. I was like, don't die. Don't kill anybody else either. Those are the moments when production is staring at each other behind the camera going, Oh, uh-huh. no, we can't do this again. We can't, well, boats got to be further or challenge has got to be, su- you know, they got to nerf it or something because those moments are genuinely scary and they don't plan for that ever. Like, you can't plan for right. that. Right. Because the thing is, like, I even thought, like, when Poverty jumped up at one point and she missed, I was like, if you jump up this way and you tilt and your legs go first and your head comes back, you hit your head on the plank, 
That's bad. I mean, yeah. it was an awesome challenge. And it's high up there. And it's high, dude. Right. It was dude, an awesome challenge. I just would have liked a little bit lower and more out. Like, let's jump forwards. <laughs> let's do that. I agree. I, I agree. I say give them little mallets and get them to smash tiles again. I miss that. that yes, was that was a great one. That was a good one. Those were my fun moments. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. This has been awesome. Thank you again for being part of this of podcast. My I don't pleasure. think anybody always... would have wanted to listen to me talking for an hour by myself <laughs> as I talk over you. But thank you again. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. I'm, I'm always excited whenever you, uh, you hit me up to do these things. So yeah, I know it's my pleasure. Of course. Um, we definitely love our Survival Challenge family coming on and being guests on our podcast. So let's go ahead. We do have um, a Twitter account for Drop Your Buffs, which is Drop Your Buff Pod, which is just one buff, Drop Your Buff. Um, then we have an Instagram, which is Drop Your Buffs Podcast. So that's multiple buffs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dion Alexander. Dion spelled D-J-O-N. You can find Hannah at Hannah Gillia. Gillia spelled G-I-L-I-A. And Brendan at Smith Does the Cha-Cha uh, on Instagram. Because, you know, he does the Cha-Cha and he wants everybody to know. Um, <laughs> story behind it all right i'll save that for later uh, for another time okay cool time. all right well thank you and um i've always wanted to say this but brendan i've got nothing for you i'm gonna head back to my <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. all right thanks for listening everybody and thank you again brendan have a good bye. time and see you next week on drop your bus podcast bye Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs.